ಸರ್ವಾನಿಂದ್ರಿಯ ಕರ್ಮಾಣಿ ಪ್ರಾಣಕರ್ಮಾಣಿ ಚಾಪರೇ ಆತ್ಮಸಂಯಮ್ಯ ಯೋಗಾಗ್ನೋ ಜೂವತಿ ಜ್ಞಾನ ದೀಪಿತೆ I think there is a delay but you can read the translation by yourself the objective of our yagna should be actually samyamya here it is said atma samyamya so atma so atma here refers not to the soul it refers to the mind so prabhupada in the word to word meaning very nicely says that he refers atma samyamya as controlling of the mind because in bhagavad gita atma can be referred sometimes to the body sometimes to the mind and also to the soul so according to the context we have to use the word atma accordingly so here in this verse atma samyamya means controlling of the mind so now how is this done so prabhupada explains in the purport that how uh, it refers to the patanjali yoga system here prabhupada says that how in patanjali yoga system now the controlling of the mind is done by uh controlling of the senses is done by the controlling of the mind and that is possible by the yogic process like last time we had discussed a little bit about uh, the hatha yoga the ashtanga yoga so this process of patanjali is referred to here and in this process in patanjali there is something called as paragatma and pratyagatma now paragatma means all the living entities the souls which are completely dabbling with the sense enjoyment they are always attached to sensual enjoyment such atma are called paragatma they are very attached to the material things pratyagatma means those living entities those souls which are detached from all the sensual activities now from attachment to detachment of the material sense enjoyment happens through this process of yoga this process of patanjali this yoga process this hatha yoga or ashtanga yoga that you call right so there is a lot of uh, process involved from becoming detached 
from being attached it's a very uh, tough uh, process which is impractical today so we all actually have to strive to become pratyekatma so right now we are mostly in between sometimes sometimes we are uh, becoming paragatma enjoying the sensual enjoyments and then there are sometimes at least sunday these two hours for sure we are doing this pratyekatma we become pratyekatma so rest of the time we should at least try to extend this uh, experience of pratyekatma for a greater duration of time but majority of the people outside you see even in this tough situation of lockdown and corona and everything mostly people are you know enjoying at home eating this and that and they keep posting all the food stuffs and different recipes you see mostly they are enjoying so this is what is called paragatma so we should not become paragatma we have to become pratyekatma so now in this process now there is controlling of the mind that happens through controlling of the different airs which are present within the body now there is something called as pranavayu within the body pranavayu now there is mukya prana so there is mukya prana which is the life force which is giving us life air actually this mukya prana this pranavayu circulates all throughout the body in different forms and energizes it gives us the energy that yes the life has to continue and all the activities are made possible by this pranavayu so this mukya prana which is the actual life force this life force when it is uh, it leaves the body that is when a person becomes dead this body becomes dead the moment the pranavayu exits from this body so now this is the life force this life force mukya prana actually further divides into five mukya prana this mukya prana uh, mostly refers to vayudev also because um, he is the one who gives the life force and he is the greatest devotee of the lord so mukya prana further divides into five and each one of them have different functions so what are these um, five Uh, variations just like now the corona the corona last 2020 when it came it was in one form but now the corona is mutating right it is creating variants that's what we are hearing so there are so many variants that are coming up so similarly this mukya prana also which is one life force actually mutates or it creates variants five variants so what are these five variants now let's understand so these are very interesting so the number one variant is from the mukya prana is prana this prana is not the same as the mukya prana but it is a variant prana then there is apana then there is vyana there is samana then there is udana five types of airs are there within the body prana apana samana vyana udana So let's understand a little bit about these five types of airs which are there within the body. So number one is prana. This prana vayu, this mukya prana resides in the heart region. Mukya prana, the main, the primary life force, actually resides in the heart. Now this prana, which is the variant, the first variant, it resides in the forehead, the agni chakra. So this. also extends its it pervades till the chest region also this prana prana this prana vayu 
it resides here but it also extends it pervades till the chest region so now the flow of this pranavayu is inwards and upwards prana it flows inwards and it moves upwards this is the flow of this pranavayu so now interestingly it governs this pranavayu what we the first variant what we are talking it governs the reception of the food the air the emotions all the reception that happens it happens through the pranavayu it also controls the eyes the brain so this pranavayu actually governs all these different functions basically the reception of things within the body is taken care by the prana very very interesting you see so now this pranavayu it also has a certain control over the thoughts this pranavayu the second the mukya prana the second variant is apana now apana is another air which resides in the pelvic floor so this pelvic floor where it controls it governs the lower digestive system the intestines it governs the the reproductive organs it governs the excretory organs also so apana it has a flow which is descending which is downwards and outgoing apana is exactly opposite of the prana the flow is opposite to that of the prana prana comes in and moves upwards apana vayu it goes downwards and moves outwards so excretion all this uh, toxic air that we breathe out like the carbon monoxide the carbon dioxide and all the food that we eat it excreted is because of this apana vayu so that is the function so we should actually remember that anything that goes in the breathing that happens inside is happening because of the prana within us and all the excretion that is happening it is happening because of the apana vayu right and then very interestingly there is the third vayu that is the samana vayu samana vayu another type of air this samana vayu it resides in the navel region in the navel in the central part of the body so what it does is this flow of energy air is moving from the external periphery of the body towards the central part of the body so all this energy this samana vayu it moves from the periphery of the body to the central part of the body so this is the flow of this samana vayu and because it is there in the navel region it takes care of all the digestion within the stomach so it does mostly the digestion process and it is all happening because of the samana vayu so powerful just see how many things are happening within the body and all is happening automatically as if everything is programmed so nicely so these are different uh, airs which are moving around so now the next is there is another very interesting function of the next type of vayu and that is the vyana vyana vayu so this vyana vayu is residing in the heart and the lung region this vyana 
is is actually in the heart and the lung region and this is moving across the body all throughout the body it is moving it is not situated in one place it constantly keeps moving so basically it helps in the circulation of the blood so the blood flow that is happening within your body is actually because of the vyanavayu that is the flow of the vyanavayu although it resides here in the chest region but it completely moves across the body and helps in the circulation of the blood not just the blood any constituents within the body which moves within the body is actually taken care by this air called the vyanavayu so prana there is uh, apana there is samana and then there is vyana the fifth air is udana this udana resides in the throat region so now this udana actually circulates within the head region in a circular fashion it moves around so when i am speaking now the speaking is enabled actually by the udana vayu all the processing the cognition the thoughts all the flow of these thoughts is happening because of the udana vayu so you see so many things are happening within this body now very very special without this airs now these airs are not spiritual airs these are all material airs mukya prana the primary life force is spiritual in nature but all this variants that we spoke about they are all material airs within the body and this flow of different airs within the body actually enables the senses to function nicely all the organs and the functions are working properly because of this flow of airs within the body now there are actually 49 types of airs within the body now there is a lot of things which are micro controlled macro control and micro control all are happening because of the different airs types of airs within the body now there are five sub airs now we spoke about the five variants prana apana samana vyana and udana now there are five sub variants also they are called naga kurma krikara devadatta dhananjaya very interesting this naga the sub variant air this naga is also having a specific function for example now when you you know you have this hiccups hichki jab hichki aata hai you know it is actually done it is taken care or enabled by this air called naga when you actually belch the car you know when you have this uh, uh, belching feeling or when you belch it actually is done by this air called naga without this naga there will be no hiccups iski nahi aayegi humko you see and then there is next variant the sub variant that is called kurma now this kurma is also very interesting the blinking of the eyes you blink the eyes this blinking of the eyes is happening because of this kurma air within the body if there is no kurma then you cannot blink the eyes you will always have this eyes open wide open all the time your eyes blink because of this air you see see <clears throat> and then there is uh, another very interesting air that is uh, also krikara 
This krikara means it is uh, a air which makes us feel hungry and thirsty. That hunger and thirst, the feeling of hunger and thirst, because it comes because of the air within the body called krikara. You see? And then there is devata. When you feel sleepy and when we yawn, we open the mouth, right? When we yawn, this yawning, this opening of the body is done by devadatta, another type of air. And then there is dhananjaya, there is an air called dhananjaya. When we die, the decomposition of the body, the body decomposes after uh, maybe uh, two days or three days, then that decomposition actually happens because of this air called dhananjaya. So there is mukya prana, then there is the five variants which are called the prana, apana, samana, vyana and udana and then there are sub variants naga, there is kurma, krikara, dhananjaya and devadatta all these different airs now there are 49 airs like this so anything that is happening within your body the movement of these organs and the senses is actually done by these airs now, why are we talking about this is because uh, yogic process, a Hatha Yogi or the Ashtanga Yogi, he knows how to balance all these different flow of airs within the body. By controlling these airs, he can control the senses. Now, the control of senses means automatically he elevates himself. What is happening? That elevation is happening because these material airs will purify gradually by the process of yoga and you will slowly from Paragatma will turn to become a Pratyagatma. So what a difficult process it is, you just see. Very very difficult it is. Not so easy. So we have to go to the forest, we have to do so much of tapasya to actually forget about tapasya, we cannot even sit properly for a long time, right? Because for any yogic process, Ashtanga Yogi means he has to become Jitasana. Means you have to first understand how to sit. People don't even know how to sit properly. So if you don't know how to sit properly, then how can we perform yoga? All these different yogic processes. Very very difficult. People have become so lazy these days. They cannot practice this. So now the question here, we have to control the senses or should we engage the senses? The question is all to all of you because we cannot follow this yogic process from the practical perspective. You tell me which is better. Should we control the senses? Or should we engage the senses? See, in the previous chapter, Arjuna has told very clearly, Oh Krishna, controlling the senses and the mind is more difficult than controlling the wind. Right? He has mentioned that. So, Vinod Chandan is saying that we have to control the senses. Achyutanji, uh, your voice is not audible. Maybe you can try once again. Engage the senses in the devotional service. Dev is saying that. And Hinamadha is saying, engage the senses in something good. This good is very relative, Mataji. Because what is good for me, so or probably balance of both. Okay. So you see, 
this good and bad is very relative when we talk about dharma so dharma is very very specific and it depends on the time place and circumstances so this good is very relative but like they said we have to engage in the service of the lord then it is very nice because greatest of the yogis have failed to control the senses greatest of the yogis like even vishwamitra you know what happened such a great yogi was thousands of years of tapasya vishwamitra did and one little tingling of the bells from meneka gone all tapasya dhamar sab kuch chala gaya nothing she, he just heard the tingling of her ankle bells that's all and all the tapasya gone all the control that he had was gone shobari muni another great yogi he instead of all this distraction i don't want this material distraction he went inside the ocean inside the water and is doing tapasya there and inside that water he saw that one male and female uh, fishes uniting he got agitated he came out and he married so many uh, queens so controlling so much of years of tapasya so much of years of control and one agitation all the control is gone many many great yogis have failed because controlling the senses is not easy not easy so what do we do now the best thing is we cannot control them instead of controlling them they want to be engaged so engage them in service of krishna now this is also a process it is the bhakti process it takes time but it is very very effective in this kaliyuga bhakti yoga is not just kaliyuga even in satyuga treta yoga dwapar yoga bhakti yoga is always always very very uh, helpful and it is very easy to follow and it gives quick results bhakti yoga is like that that is the uh, process of bhakti yoga benefit of bhakti yoga so here that's why controlling the senses uh, is definitely we are going to fail we cannot control see you can think that oh i'll not eat gulab jamun for one month you can do it for two months moment it comes the third month it's difficult to resist and most people fall uh, you know tempted and then they will become uh, again the godasas not actually most of the time we are godasas we are the servant of our own senses if you carefully analyze the activities that we do most of the time the activities that we are doing are actually fulfilling fulfilling the demands of our senses and the mind the mind is asking this that oh you think like this you think like that the different senses are telling that you eat this you see this you hear this so constantly if you analyze the soul is simply fulfilling the desires the demands of our senses so we are serving but we have become the servants of our senses godasa go means senses and we have become the servant of the senses so we have to move from godasa to goswami we have to become the swami of the senses goswami we have to become goswamis not godasas that is when we move from paragatma to pratyagatma so here krishna you must be wondering 
If bhakti process is so easy, why is Krishna mentioning here? Because Krishna knows that this is also a process. So now the ultimate message of the Bhagavad Gita is very unifying. But we should not get stuck with these different processes which are mentioned in the Vedas. Although it is a very bona fide process, Patanjali is the process which gives you self-realization. But in this time and age, it's extremely difficult. Not possible to follow this. Very, very difficult. So, we don't even know that there is something called as Pranavayu. Most of the people outside, they don't even know there is Pranavayu existing. They only think that, I am breathing air and I am alive. No, it's not true actually. The Pranavayu is actually there because the soul exists. The soul is one which actually gives the life force. Right? So, we should not think about uh, controlling the senses. We should carefully, intelligently engage our service, our senses in the service of Krishna. How? By eating prasadam, by listening uh, Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, by looking at the deities, by smelling the flowers offered to the Krishna. All these different things when we do, that is when gradually we will develop love for Krishna. And that is the ultimate purpose of uh, reading Bhagavad Gita and all that. Controlling the mind and the senses, not possible. Because uh, practically speaking, we cannot give mobile phones, we cannot become free from our day-to-day activities. Mobile phone itself is one such great uh, distraction and a temptation where it takes away our mind away from Krishna very easily. Very, very difficult to control. So that's why all these technological things we have to use in the service of the Lord. That's the best way to engage ourselves and the uh, sensual objects also in the service of Krishna. That's the best way. We cannot become free from them. So these are the different uh, uh, pranavayus and different... Uh, that's why you know they call pancha prana. You know anytime when people uh, uh, like something, oh you know purun poli, you know that's a pancha prana they say. For me that's a pancha prana <laughs> they say. So that means he likes it so much. He likes it wholly. So pancha prana means uh, these five airs and there are subdivisions and actually all these five airs that we spoke uh, they have different colors so they have uh, some is whitish some is like silver some is like the ray of the sun so different colors the airs are having different colors also so yogis who are expert they can actually see all these pranavayu the flow of this pranavayus this pancha prana within the body Right? So, this is what Krishna is saying in this particular shloka. So, we have to understand that Jivati Jnana Deepite. So, what is Jnana Deepite? Let's understand this word. Krishna is saying Jnana Deepite. When we engage our senses in the service of the Lord, that is Jnana Deepite. That means you are enlightened. All other things will not actually give us enlightenment. The best enlightenment, the topmost enlightenment is service to Krishna. So when we engage our body and the senses, the mind in the service of Krishna, Jnana Deepite, you will become enlightened by the true knowledge, the spiritual knowledge. And many times it is also seen that any Shishya, there are so many examples, just by service to Guru and Krishna, just by serving the Guru, and just by following the orders of the Guru, 
and serving all the different Vaishnavas, Jnana will descend onto us. There are so many great examples like that. They didn't read Veda, they didn't read Bhagavad Gita. Just by the mercy of the Guru and Krishna, the Jnana will flow. Automatically it will flow. This, that's why it's called Divya Jnana. That's why when you take Diksha from a Guru, that Diksha is what? Divya Jnana is getting transferred from the Guru to the Shishya. That is Diksha. Right? So, we have to become Jnana Deepite and that Jnana Deepite happens very easily by serving the Vaishnavas, by serving the Guru and by serving Krishna. That is the process. So this is what we have to follow, very simple process. Just service, service, service. That's the constitutional position of the soul. Service and loving, to love and to serve is the constitutional position of the soul. So that is what we are supposed to do. Very, very simple process, yogic process. And actually, when you serve Krishna, Prabhupada, you serve uh, all the Vaishnavas nicely, automatically, all these airs that we spoke, balancing these airs, mechanical process, you don't have to follow, but it will be automatically taken care of. The flow of these airs will automatically be taken care of by doing Bhakti Yoga. There are so many details, but we will gradually understand them as we progress forward. Because anytime when a Pujari actually does this uh, morning uh, rituals with the deities, with the Lord, in the puja, in the garbha gudi, automatically many things are happening because so many mudras he has to do, he has to clean the deities, he has to wipe the deities. By doing all these different processes, he has to chant the mantras. Actually, all these uh, airs within the body are also getting uh, balanced and it's getting purified. Bhakti yoga is actually all inclusive. Right? So, we will now go to the next verse, verse number 28. Okay, that's also a very nice interesting verse. So let's understand that. So uh, Dev, you can unmute yourself and let's chant the verse number 28. Maybe there is some delay between you and me, but let's chant. Dravya Yagna Stapo Yagna Yoga Yagna Satapare Yoga Yagna Satapare Swadhyaya Jnana Yagnascha Swadhyaya Jnana Yagnascha Yata Yaha Samshita Prataha Yata Yaha Samshita Prataha Yes, wonderful. Please read the translation. Wonderful. Thank you. So, Dravva Yagna, Sapo Yagna, Yoga Yagna Stapare, Swadhyaya Jnana Yagna Sya, Yatayaha Samshita Vrataha. So, here there are a lot of, a bunch of Yagnas are explained by Krishna in this verse. So, first Krishna is saying that, 
द्रव्य यज्ञ द्रव्य यज्ञ द्रव्य मीन्स ऑल द मेटीरियल रिसोर्सेज दैट वी हैव एस्पेशली द मनी दैट वी हैव द्रव्य सो थ्रू दिस देर आर सो मेनी यज्ञाज दैट पीपल परफॉर्म एस्पेशली वेन पीपल आर वेल्दी दे डू अ लॉट ऑफ यज्ञ वॉट टाइप ऑफ यज्ञ इन द ओल्डन टाइम्स दे यूज टू ओपन धर्मशालास देर इज अन्नधाना अन्न छत्रास देर इज अतिथि स्थलास देन देर इज लॉर्ड ऑफ विद्यापीठास दे यूज टू डू सो ऑल दीज डिफरेंट थिंग्स आर कॉल्ड द्रव्यमय यज्ञ वेर ऑल दीज थिंग्स मेटीरियल थिंग्स रिसोर्सेज दैट यू हैव आर यूज फॉर क्रिएटिंग एंड डूइंग दिस फिलैंथ्रोपिक वर्क सो लॉर्ड ऑफ फिलैंथ्रोपिस्ट आर देर नाउ all these things are mentioned in the vedas dravyamaya yagna different uh, uh, the karma kanda section of the vedas explain a lot of these yagnas you do this you do that there are this yagnas and by doing that by doing this yagnas you will achieve something what is that we achieve something now in the vedas when they mention about yagna the yagna is actually set to satisfy the lord right that's why it's called yagnapati one of the name of the lord vishnu is yagna so when you open a, a school and that school is meant for spiritual education then it becomes yagna now when you open annadana chatra anachatra and you provide prasadam which is offered to the lord then it becomes yagna right so anything that is connecting to the lord it becomes yagna otherwise it is called only dana now there is a difference between charity dana and yagna what is the difference the difference is in dana you are doing a lot of philanthropic work but in yagna you are doing philanthropy for the pleasure of krishna if we do only dana service to human kind like last time achyutan ji mentioned that you know we have to help the humanity so that is through charity to philanthropic work right so what is that we are going to get by dana when we do charity what do we accumulate what is the result of doing dana anybody when we do dana when we do charity what is that we go we get in return we are definitely not going to get money so hinamata ji saying karma what type of karma because any activity that we do is called karma and there is a reaction so when you do this charitable work what type of karma is that called can also unmute yourself if you have to answer what type of karma is that called getting back things prabhu ji uh, we tend to think it is good karma but i am not sure yes so when we say good karma it is called the pious activities in our sanskrit terminology it is called punya so when we do lot of charitable work we help humanity we accumulate punya good karma so 
Now when we acquire lot of good karma, suppose now imagine you have acquired lots and lots of punya. So what is the destination of a person who acquires a lot of punya? Anybody? When you have lots of punya, what is the destination? What is the, according to karma, what will he get? Swarga. So Hinamata ji said Swarga. Achyutan ji, you also mentioned something. Okay, so when there is lot of punya, then you go to the heavenly planets. Now when you go to the heavenly planets, there is so much of enjoyment. There is so much of uh, opulence there. Now, when you are there in Swarga, in the heavenly planets, is that good actually from the spiritual perspective? Or do you see there is any problem there? What happens when you go to Swarga and there is so much of enjoyment? What happens? You will again be bound with the karmic cycle. Ha, so one is karma, definitely you will exhaust. Devi is saying after your punya is over, you have to come back. Thing is, when you acquire a lot of punya, you go to the heavenly planets, you cannot acquire more karma in the heavenly planets. It's only exhaustion of karma. The good karma gets depleted. When you go to the hellish planets, the bad karma gets depleted. Acquiring karma, good or bad, happens only on this planet Earth. In heavens, you deplete the good karma. In the hellish planets, you deplete the bad karma. And we again have to come here to the earthly planets and again acquire the karma. So the thing is, whether you acquire punya, you will get lot of opulence and when you come back from the heavenly planets back to this earth you will be born in an aristocratic family maybe in the family of the Ambani's or the gate family or although I don't want you to be born there but then you may be born as a very aristocratic person the problem with aristocracy and lot of wealth and opulence is moment people have lots of money they actually tend to enjoy their senses. They want to enjoy more and more all the senses. And what Krishna said in the previous words, do not engage in the sensual activity. Because you have to move from Paragatma to Pratyagatma. You will become Paragatma, more opulence. What to speak of people here, even this sons of Kubera, Nala Kubera and Manikriva, we know what happened to them. Because of so much of wealth and money, they were enjoying lavishly, drinking Somarasa, enjoying with Apsaras there and they were cursed by Narada Muni. What a terrible thing. They had to become trees. So, when Punya is more, you acquire a lot of good things, lot of wealth and aristocracy, but it is such a danger because it will involve, it will engage you in sensual activity which is moving you away from Krishna. It is making you forget Krishna. That is the danger. So when we actually do a lot of philanthropic work, we actually serve humanity, you acquire a lot of Punya, that Punya may actually promote or engage you or help you to forget Krishna which is danger. 
the real danger is forgetting krishna in this world it is not that you don't have money maybe you don't have good looks or health or whatever no that's not a problem the real problem is we have forgotten our dear lord krishna that is the real problem in this world that's why narottama das thakur has very nicely said karma kanda gnana kanda kevala vishera bhanda so whether good activity or bad activity in this material world is actually bad because it is ultimately going to make you forget krishna and that is the greatest loss krishna is saying in the 18th chapter manmana bhavamad bhakto madhyajimam namaskuru remember me remember me surrender to me and here we are thinking no 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 i am doing lot of punya i am doing lot of good work i am doing this work that work are baba this is only going to take you away from krishna there are people who forget krishna they become that oh i am doing so many good activities i am a good person krishna says all right you become a good person no you have to become spiritual person that is what guru does guru simply does not engage his disciples in good work in spiritual work he engages that's the most important so we should not get bewildered by these punya karma please understand so dravyamaya yagna it becomes yagna only when it is for the pleasure of krishna otherwise it is only dana blood donation camps organ donation camps good you will acquire lot of punya but it is not a spiritual activity it is yagna only when it is meant for the pleasure of krishna and the devotees of krishna that is spiritual in nature so this is one this is dravyamaya yagna engaging this resources the money in the service of the lord then it is yagna the next it is tapomaya yagna krishna is saying that dravya yagna tapo yagna tapo yagna means there are some people who do a lot of tapasya especially during the chaturmasya now from july to october you know people follow this uh, chaturmasya they leave beard they don't shave and so much of uh, regulation in uh, eating sleeping so all this chaturmasya yagna is very purifying so many people follow that many people do that they try to uh, 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 follow the chaturmasya and there is another called chandrayana yagna chandrayana yagna uh, so even those uh, tough uh, tapasyas they want to do because they want to elevate themselves to heavenly planets so now we understood that going to heavenly planets is again a very dangerous thing so we should not think that oh it's all very nice there although there are devotees because devatas are devotees but there is every chance that we will again come back and uh, again engage in sensual activity because it's very very difficult when there is so much of opulence aishwarya it makes us forget krishna so aishwarya can actually become a block in the service of krishna and in your bhakti okay and so tapo yagna yoga yagna stata pare what is yoga yagna so like we spoke about the uh, patanjali yoga the hatha yoga system controlling the mind and the body and the senses all this pranayama these are all involving the yoga yagna visiting pilgrimages so please understand it is a very special thing when we visit pilgrimages it is also called yoga yagna you are going to the different uh, uh, leela stalis of the lord you go to vrindavan you go to mayapur you go to haridwar rishikesh badrinath rameshwaram dwarka all these different places when you visit is yagna it becomes a yagna
Now you see, we don't simply go for some sightseeing. Now, when you simply go to some sightseeing places, you will see beaches, you will see some uh, mountains and this and trekking and all that you do. But you will not get any uh, spiritual benefit. But the same thing now, when you go to Tirupati for example, now Tirupati you have to climb all the way the whole uh, big mountain. So when you are actually Venkatadri, uh, you are climbing, there are many people who climb, so you are trekking. You enjoy. We did that when we took people, you know, it's nice way. You are also engaged in the service of the Lord. At the same time, you are doing a lot of trekking. And you see so many beautiful things in and around the forest and the beauty. You enjoy. So most of the pilgrimage when you go, you not just enjoy the nature. You, you actually do a lot of trekking. At the same time, you are getting the spiritual benefit. It's amazing. Taking the dip in the holy rivers, taking the dip in the holy kund. So many beautiful things are happening. So that is why visiting pilgrimages, it is yoga yagna. So you should strive to more and more. Any opportunity, free time you get and you want to visit, please visit some pilgrimage. As long as you are healthy and strong, visit as many as possible. You should actually go. So Vinodji is saying, when is the next trip? Yes, we will plan it very soon. In fact, we can plan Vrindavan this time. If there is no lockdown, this uh, Kartik month, we can definitely plan a trip and we can visit Vrindavan, the place of Krishna and we will all personally really enjoy the whole uh, nice place. So I will definitely plan this year. If there is no lockdown, we will definitely visit Vrindavan this year. I will take all of you. So now, Yoga Yagna is this. Then Swadhyaya Yagna. So that is what we are doing, Swadhyaya Yagna. There are people who engage themselves in reading the Shastras, the Vedas and the Puranas, constantly immersed in understanding and studying. This is Yagna. Please understand, dear devotees, there are so many people today, they don't want to read, they don't want to do Swadhyaya. They want to collect information very easily. They have become so lazy that whatever the social media is speaking, they just want to take it, accumulate more and more. They don't want to even apply their own mind to understand whether what is coming in the social media is right or wrong. They don't want to gain knowledge through study. They are so just carried away by whatever the news media, the channels are saying. They just blindly follow and believe. And this is being taken advantage today. The media people are taking advantage of this psychology and that's why so much of fear is there in people today just because they are ignorant they don't want to educate themselves by applying little bit of energy and their own minds there is so much of fear because a person who is in Agnana will be fearful and that's what is happening today because people don't know the reality of what is going around most of the people are fearful most of the people are fearful but when you have knowledge, there is no fear. So, this is Swadhyaya Yagna, Yataya, Samsita Prataha. All these are different Pratas and these Yagnas will help us, it will purify us. So, we are actually supposed to follow all these different things and not just get carried away by the processes that are simply mentioned of uh, doing some donations or some simple dana, charity. No, Yagna has to be done. And the best yagna is the Sankirtan yagna, chanting the holy names of the Lord. So that is what we are supposed to do because such a simple thing. 
What is the difficulty? Where is the difficulty in this? Sankirtan Yagna just chant. Krishna has made it so simple. What a powerful Yagna that we have today. All of us doing Sankirtan, that's the most powerful Yagna. Extremely powerful Yagna. So, uh, this is Yagna, Sankirtana Yagna or Japa Yagna is so simple that you don't even require any resources, money. See, you just have to sit, chant and that becomes a Yagna. You don't have to do severe tapasya, you can take nice prasadam and you can chant. That is Yagna. So, who should uh, miss out on this? You know, if people don't take up to Sankirtan Yagna, then they are the most degraded people in this Kaliuga. Because there cannot be anything simpler than Sankirtan Yagna or Japa Yagna. So, we should not uh, uh, give up this opportunity that we have got. Amazing opportunity it is to purify ourselves and go back to home, back to God. Very, very simple. So, Sankirtan Yagna will actually encompass all these different Dravya Yagna, Tapo Yagna, Jnana Yoga Yagna, the Swadhyaya Yagna, everything, topmost Yagna is just chant Hare Krishna. That's all. So simple. Right? So, this is what uh, Krishna is saying in this verse. So, let's go to the 29th verse. So, Hina Mataji, you can unmute yourself and let's chant the 29th verse. One of the longest verse. This is Apane Juvati Pranam Apane Juvati Pranam Prane Panam Tatapare Prane Pranam Tatapare Prana Panagati Rudva Pranayama Parayanaha Pranayama Parayanaha Apare Niyatahara Apare Niyatahara Pranan Pranesh Juvati Pranan Pranesh Juvati Please read the translation Yes. Curtailing the eating process, offer the outgoing breath into itself as a sacrifice. Yes, wonderful. So now, so here, this is a very technical thing that has been uh, shared here. Now, frankly speaking, I am not a qualified person to speak on this because now Krishna is saying here, oh, you have to actually take uh, the inhaling, inhaled air. You have to mix it with the exhaled hair and then balance them in opposite directions. So it is called, uh, Prabhupada explains that how this is called Rechika. So when an exhaled breathing is offered in the inhaled breathing, it is called Rechika. And when the inhaled breathing is offered in the exhaled breathing, then it is called Puraka. And then finally when all these airs are balanced properly, the state is called Kumbhaka. So, this Puraka, Rechaka, Kumbhaka, 
only a person who has actually experienced can explain these things properly because without realized knowledge it is very difficult to speak on this so it's only one who does a lot of practice for many many hundreds of years then a person can attain this state of kumbhaka and by doing so when a person this yogi prabhupada is explaining when you attain this state of kumbhaka you actually stop breathing Now just imagine breath is the main thing for a person to live but here a yogi is stopping his breathing completely that means he is not dependent on the external air for his sustenance so whatever the mukhya prana is there within the body because it is the life force the main primary life force that is what sustains the yogi he is not dependent on the external air what a difficult process it is that means he can maintain the body just by the pranavayu he is completely just dependent on the pranavayu so powerful it is so he has purified all the different airs that we spoke earlier and in that purified state he has stopped his breathing and then this yogi who is completely controlling his breath actually increases the duration of life so actually the duration of life is dependent on the number of breaths that we have so when yogi increases the duration of inhalation and exhalation what is actually happening is you are able to extend the duration of your life so that's why yogis could live for many thousands of years so and when this yogi he is perfected he is seeing the parmatma within the heart then when he wants to leave this body these yogis don't leave this soul the soul does not leave from the nine holes in the body now when we die generally the soul will leave through one of the nine holes within the body but these yogis they leave the soul from the brahmarandra you know there where the shika is there there is this is the region of brahmarandra it's a very very sensitive uh, spiritually so the yogi actually his soul departs from bursting this brahmarandra it just bursts it just goes out of this brahmarandra and elevates himself to the spiritual world it it's literally burst out the whole skull actually bursts and then the soul leaves from this brahmarandra and goes to the spiritual world to vaikuntha so that is how powerful they were because so much of tapasya for thousands of years so this is all impractical today for us in kali yuga we cannot do this process not possible so so krishna is saying prabhupada is saying that here that we need to simply eat krishna prasadam chant the holy names sing and dance be joyful and then that is how we have to leave our body what an amazing thing it is i just wish many times i think about this if at all we have to die never die first thing in the hospital you die either in the temple or in the at home and then you should be singing and dancing the holy names of the lord and then leave the body that should be the glorious death a person a devotee should really hanker for so a very special thing so this kumbhaka rechaka puraka not possible for us but krishna is mentioning this to arjuna because this is a vedic process it's a bona fide process but then 
we should ultimately see the final message of Krishna in the 18th chapter. What is Krishna saying in the 18th chapter? All these things he has mentioned, but in the 18th chapter he will summarize and give us the ultimate essence. So we will have to wait until then. <laughs> but Prabhupada is so merciful. Although Krishna has spoken about, spoken about the ultimate thing in the 18th chapter, Prabhupada in every purport, in every chapter, is giving that essence of the 18th chapter in all the different chapters. In every seven, all the chapters, Prabhupada has given the essence. Because people should not miss out on the essence. Because Kali Yuga, like I told you, they don't want to invest time in understanding and gaining knowledge. They want everything ready-made. So that's why Prabhupada has made it very simple and given the essence in every chapter. Take it. So, this is what Krishna has said in this verse. So, Vinodji, let's share the 30th verse. Very interesting. Let's understand what is the 30th verse. Unmute yourself. Okay. Let's chant the 30th verse. Sarve piyeti yagna vidho. Yagna kshapita kalmashaha. Yagna shishtamrata bujo. Yanti Brahma Sanatanam. Yanti Brahma Sanatanam. Wonderful. Please read the translation. All these performers who knew the meaning of sacrifice became cleansed of sinful reactions and having tasted the nectar of the results of sacrifices, they advanced towards the supreme eternal atmosphere. Yes, wonderful. Thank you. So, very nicely here it is said that how our Yagna is very joyful, that is very clear to us. So, we know that Yagna is very joyful. Sankirtan Yagna, this Bhakti Yoga process is so wonderful that we always sing and dance, we have nice food prasadam. So, that is very beautiful for us. So, now, by doing this Yagna, what is happening is, we are going to get Yagna Shishtamrutam Bhujo. Yagna Shishta, the remnants. When we perform yagna, we get the yagna shishta, the remnants. So when we take the remnants of the yagna, that is amrita. Amrita means it gives us liberation, it purifies us. It purifies the body, it purifies the mind. And it purifies the soul. So now, this yagna shishta when we take, then yanti brahma sanatanam, we will be able to achieve that eternal atmosphere. Eternal atmosphere means that spiritual world where there is no birth, there is no death, there is no old age. So what a wonderful thing it is. So Amritam, you have to acquire that Amritam and that Amritam is your own food when you offer to Krishna at home is becoming Amrita. It is making you free from all the contamination of the reactions of your karma. Such a wonderful thing. You are becoming free from all the reactions. Good, bad, ugly, dirty, everything you are becoming free just by eating prasadam and chanting the holy names. So this is Amrita. This life is joyful. So by doing so, both our internal dirt and external dirt, everything is getting purified. So this is the greatest opportunity. And Yajna is the only thing which will make us happy. 
Yagna means sacrifice. Yagna means sacrifice. And you will be happy in this world through sacrifice. Anybody who understands this principle of sacrifice, he will be able to love people in an unconditional way. Only a person who knows how to sacrifice, perform yagna, he can love every living entity unconditionally. That is a purified soul. A guru, a great acharyas, they have looked upon all of us unconditionally, without any perception about good, bad, ugly. They just see the soul and purify us also. Why? Because they are constantly performing yajna, sacrifice. So if we can also do this sacrifice, then we will be able to love properly. Many people, everybody is hankering for love. They want to love and to be loved. And that is possible only when they know the principle of sacrifice. That is the foundation for love. Without yajna, without sacrifice, there cannot be love. So this, we will understand more what is sacrifice and how sacrifice will enhance our love in the next session. Krishna will explain that further and we will understand it more in the next session. So with this we have completed today the four shlokas from 27 to 30. So we will continue and uh, understand more about what is yajna. This section uh, will continue for one more session and then uh, the final uh, section of chapter 4 that is uh, from verse number 34 to the last verse I think that is 43rd verse I think so that is another section which we will discuss later so if there are any questions please feel free to ask yes Achyutanji Now you see in uh, our temples also, especially when uh, Akshay Patra, you must have heard about it, it's one of the biggest midday meal program. So there is so much of uh, feeding that happens, almost feeding about 18 lakh children every single day, which used to happen because now lockdown we are not able to feed the children, but we are able to feed the poor people uh, because of lockdown who are not able to earn a single meal. So we are trying to help people through these feeding programs. So now what happens is, the difference here is when we cook this food, we first offer it to the Lord. We offer it to Jagannath, we offer it to the Lord and then it is supplied to all the people all across. So what happens is it becomes a yajna. If you just feed food, it is a pious activity. You will definitely acquire a lot of punya. But when you are giving prasadam, not just food, but you are giving prasadam to a person, you are purifying not just yourself, but that person who is eating the prasadam is getting a Gnata Sukruti. 
he is also getting purified it is unbinding him so that is the power of prasadam but there is a lot of difference between ordinary food and prasadam so prasadam elevates you to the highest platform spiritual platform whereas food will also by donating food you will get pious activity but it is again within this material realm it is acquiring pious activity now it's not necessary that if you are born in an aristocratic family you have to enjoy the senses no if by the mercy of guru and krishna you are wealthy but at the same time you are detached an amazing thing we have amazing rajarishis examples of rajarishis who were very aristocratic at the same time detached now even in our own example like uh, in uh, iskon we have this amrish ford you know this uh, grandson of henry ford now there is so much of wealth but then he is still managing the ford company all the motor cars and all these manufacturing he does but at the same time he is dedicated he is a disciple of prabhupad and he engages most of his wealth dravaymaya yagna he does by building the temples and doing charities so there is wealth but your wealth is utilized in yagna so there are many philanthropic uh, people who do lot of seva but they get punya out of it which is good but it is temporary because punya ultimately you can enjoy for some time in the heavenly planet you can enjoy aristocratic aristocracy for some time but it will become depleted because the force of time is like that karma has to deplete karma has to deplete in the heavenly planet it will deplete even in the hellish planets so that is why this entanglement of punya and papa we have to become free and that is possible by yagna so this is the difference between ordinary food giving or uh, uh, helping people just like that and helping people through the medium of the temple through the medium of uh, the devotees is there is lot of difference the spiritual activity and the material activity thank you very much lot of energy yes that's why keeping krishna in the center is the most essential thing in bhakti that is why it is yagna please understand yagna means krishna has to be in the center without krishna although it may be a good activity it is not yagna it cannot be called as yagna so keeping krishna the lord who is the central figure in fact anything that we do the the ultimate source the ultimate source of our money the ultimate source of our energy the ability to speak the ability to contribute all these abilities are coming from krishna he is the source of everything sarva karana karana so that is why keeping krishna in the center in the center is important because if we don't keep the thing is we think that oh i am donating i am contributing i am doing good things so what's happening the center is i the false ego is building up so this false ego makes us forget krishna now that's the danger we have to become the servant of krishna but many people when they start contributing they start thinking that i am the contributor although it is the charity in the mode of goodness krishna is going to explain that in the further chapters charity in the mode of goodness charity in the mode of passion and charity in the mode of ignorance this we will further explain in the upcoming chapters yes so any other questions i have a question yes mother uh, in our daily life we do lots of activities through our various senses now at that time supposing we are helping somebody 
in any way let's say in this lockdown we help the people who are our work for us or we help for anyone around us from various ways like it may be by not getting angry on somebody it may be by helping somebody monetarily or otherwise correct in all these activities every time supposing we are not able to do it like how you said prasadam then what is the way of doing these karmas so they do not become punya but they become yakna so so what happens in this process is see we should understand case to case how is that you want to help a particular person for example a person is actually hungry and you want to feed that person so there is every possibility that you can feed him prasadam because we can cook a little extra and feed one or two people that is very much possible now monetarily because you have to help someone because they are in need of money in that case because you are chanting the holy names because you are chanting hari krishna mantra every day and you are performing your sadhana your yagna every day although it may not be a direct process of yagna but since you are chanting it will still be considered as a spiritual activity because you are chanting and with that consciousness oh my lord i am helping this person because he is the part and parcel of you and i want to help him in such a such thing in a particular activity thinking the about the lord remembering the lord when you help that person then it becomes a yagna and when you help that person if you can also pray to the lord and say my lord i am helping this person so that he becomes he be, he comes closer to you in some way or other way he comes closer to you that is my prayer so that's why i am helping him many times when people don't get roti kapda makan they get dejected from spiritual life they don't want because their basic need is oh mujhe to roti kapda makan chahiye what to speak about chanting mujhe nahi chahiye but if you can become a mediator and help that person in little bit of roti kapda makan with the intention that oh my lord this person should not go away from you by helping this person he should come closer to you when you think with this intention you help that person it becomes a yagna it becomes a spiritual activity so thinking of the lord is not ordinary just by remembering krishna and doing service that is also yagna although it may not be directly affecting that person indirectly it is affecting and he may actually come closer to krishna because your powers your thoughts are powerful when you think about krishna and do this service to that person who knows sooner or later that seed of bhakti is actually been implanted within the soul in the heart of that person he will take up bhakti because you have thought about it you become a mediator so this is how it becomes yagna but you have to be chanting every day important chanting is important